Man, God bless you. I love our church family. I love all the hugging, all the laughter, all the talking, all the, you know, shaking hands and meeting people new and hugging old friends. I love everything about you. So God bless you. We're, we're such a, you're a fun family. And I'm glad I get to be a part of this family. So my name is Rick. I'm one of the ministers here on staff. And we are in part two. It's only a two-part series of, of uh, today we thank you. And it's just like, God, I just want to tell you thank you. This is that time of the year, right? By the way, happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you. So thank you for being online and thank you for coming and being a part of our service today. Man, God bless you. I hope God is really good to you. So wherever you are, whatever is going on, whether you're traveling out of town, be safe, or whether you're staying in town and being family, just God bless you. I just love this time of the year. And so many people are, uh, at this time of the year look forward to it all year long. I can't wait for the holidays, can't wait for the holidays. The change of the set, you know, and the worship center, Christmas is coming, and we're thinking about buying gifts and family and seeing that weird uncle, you know, that we just would rather not. And just, but it's fun. On the other hand, this is the saddest time of the year for some people, right? For me, it's kind of a mixed bag. I really don't talk about it a whole lot, but my grandfather, who I love with all my heart, passed away on Thanksgiving Day. And so every Thanksgiving, whether I say it out loud or not, my mind is on my grandfather. And I, I mean, I got a great family. This year, my mind will be on my father because I lost him this year, right? And so, you know, you're like, man, I wish, and, and, and I'm not the only one. I know there's a bunch of us in here like, man, I wish I could have just had one more Thanksgiving or one more Christmas. I wish that they were here. And, and so uh, there, it's, it's a time to celebrate and be happy and it's also another time when, like, man, I wish my family were together, but we're not. And things are sad and things are, but uh, so just real quickly, on a happiness scale, do you see on the outline in front of you? And so get the outline out of the pew rack in front of you. And at the very top, I have just two boxes. Box number one, on, on the happiness scale, uh, 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 where are you on a scale of one to ten? So 10 being, I am as happy as I could ever be, leaping for joy, Woohoo! 10 or 1, where are you on the happiness scale? Just take a minute, just write it down, write that number down, write that number down, write that number down. If two of you are sharing one, then, then put it out to the side or whatever, there's some pens in there, just get that number. You got that number? Everybody written it down? Okay, where does happiness come from? So God is the really good, simple answer, right? Because through the Holy Spirit, he gives us his gifts. That whenever the Holy Spirit is in your life, he will bear the fruit of his work in your life. And part of that is love and joy and peace, right? So God brings this with him. And the Holy Spirit, when he's living in you, brings joy along. However, it's demonstrated in a certain way. We don't just automatically feel joy or happiness. God has wired us in a certain way so that joy can be expressed, happiness can be felt, but it's a byproduct of something else. So last Saturday, I was at Grace Marriage, and they showed this video. So Charles, stand up just so everybody can get a... a uh, see the shirt, and there he is wearing Grace Marriage. So Grace Marriage, by the way, is a, a, something that we're doing next year. 
for four different Saturdays all through the year, once a quarter. Uh, couples can come together, and this is our marriage offering. If you want your marriage to thrive, I highly suggest that you go to Grace Marriage. It will bring grace into your marriage, and you'll walk away from there. In fact, Charles uh, said last year, he's like, you know what? We did it. We had eight couples who came together. We tested it. I don't know because we're so busy with a bunch of other things that we ought to do it next year, but all the couples who went through it went back to him and said, no, it is way too important. We need this to be offered to every one of our marriages. So we're offering it. Now, if you want more information, Charles will meet you. You just saw him. You just saw he's in that light blue shirt. He will meet you downstairs as soon as services are over and give you all the information you need to sign up and register. We've already got quite a few who have already registered. So uh, let me highly suggest that you do that. By the way, if you have foster kids in your home, you get half price. So it is a, a little charge for the materials. And so if, you have, if you're a you know, foster care family, then you get half price. It's, you have enough that you're pouring in right into your life. But they did this video. And the video is a scientific study on where does happiness come from. I just wanted to show you the video. What makes you happy? Having fun? Hanging out with friends? Delicious food? Making money? Well, consider this. Psychologists have scientifically proven that one of the greatest contributing factors to overall happiness in your life is how much gratitude you show. Yeah? Think about that. Go ahead and marinate on it for a second. You can thank me later if you want. It'll make you feel better according to this study. You go ahead and click on it and read it if you want. Or you can keep watching because we read it and we thought it might be fun to test out for ourselves. We gathered a selection of volunteers to act as our subjects. First, we gave them a test. They didn't know what we were looking for, but it gave us a pretty good idea of their current level of happiness. We asked them to close their eyes and think of somebody who was really influential in their life, somebody who did something really amazing or important for them. We had them write down as much as they could about why this person was so important. Now, a lot of them thought at this point the experiment was over until we really put them on the spot and tried to get them to call that person and read what they wrote about them. Thank you, Jessica. We're gonna have to have you call your mother. So who is that right person for you? Person is my sister, Erica. We're gonna give Erica a call. <laughs> okay. Who'd you end up picking? Friend of mine, uh, Craig Ains. Her name is Dora. My college accounting instructor. Really? Mm -hmm. Is this somebody you're still in touch with today? No, I'm assuming that he's passed on. That's, that's a shame. <laughs> to the great beyond. You up for it? Um, uh, yes. What would you say if we called up Dora? Oh, we can try, but she lives in Britain. In Britain? Oh, no, never by heart, dude. This is awful. That's fine. I don't know my mom's number by heart. If it's true that uh, those who are going on are looking down on us, maybe he read my chicken scratch. Hey, sweetheart. Hey, how you doing? Um, yeah. You got a second? Where you at? In the hotel? Uh -huh. You scared me or you asked if I had no. a second or something's wrong. No, I'm on this, I'm on like this little TV show and they told me to talk about the person that influenced me the most and I picked you and, then, and they're, making uh -huh. me call, they're making me call you. Oh, wonderful. Hi, you reached Craig. I'm not here right now. At the tone, please record your message. Oh, come on. 
Hello? Hi. Hi. Erica, it's me. All right, so I gotta read you this paragraph. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Go ahead, All right. sweetheart. All right, the person that influenced me the most would be my mother, Marlo Dawson. She is a single mother of two. She is a very hard worker and dedicated to her family. Hey, Craig, this is Loie. Um, this is gonna be a funny little voicemail, so I hope you enjoy it. I'm so sorry for calling you at four o'clock in the morning. <laughs> I have to read this to you, okay? And you can't say anything or, I don't know. We can respond, but I probably will just keep going. <laughs> okay? Is everything okay? Yes, but I have to read this out loud to you. The person who has had the biggest impact on my life outside of Jesus Christ, who is responsible for my existence, was my college accounting instructor. He had a joy and enthusiasm for his job like no other teacher I have ever known. I love her to death, and she keeps me going with positive talk. She is a woman that knows what she wants and won't give up until it is achieved. Oh, something. I, I, I don't know what, I'm not the because that's so beautiful. I, I, I have, I have Wonderful. I first met Craig on an independent feature film set in Whitefish, Montana. I recently have been sending Craig a lot of positive thoughts as he's suffered a series of health problems. Despite his medical problems, he's continued to work and take pleasure in the small things in life, like sitting quietly with, with his wife Janine on the porch. Erica is my older sister and my best friend. Sometimes it even feels like we are twins. She's my number one fan and my number one supporter. She makes me happy because despite all my mistakes and my decisions, she still loves me no matter what. Your friendship is everything. And you are, you are one of the most important person in my life. Even when she has a kid and many children, I will love her more than her kids. Okay, maybe not. I will never forget when she flew 3,000 miles to the drop of a phone call to save me from a breakup. I'm being blessed by having a son like you. I love you. Bye. <laughs> I don't know because they made me do it. <laughs> Thank you for picking up. Bye, sweetie. Before we let them go, we gave our subjects one more happiness test. Now we mixed up and rephrased the questions so they didn't know they were taking the same test twice. For those who took the time to actually write something down but couldn't make the phone call for whatever reason, we saw happiness increase between 2 and 4%. Good, but not exactly mind-blowing. Now for those who actually picked up the phone and personally expressed their gratitude, we saw increases between 4 and 19%. So either way, expressing your gratitude will make you a happier person. But you want to know something really interesting? The person who experienced the biggest jump in happiness was the least happy person who walked in the door. What does that mean? That means if you're having a particularly tough time, trying this out will more likely have a greater impact on you. Trust me. I'm in a lab coat. In That's a good little video, isn't it? So... Think for a second, if you need to close your eyes, close your eyes, who has had the greatest impact in your life? I know, it's, I know God, Jesus, I know that's it, but what individual has had a wonderful, fantastic impact on your life? 
who has stuck by you, helped you accomplish, helped you succeed, loved you unconditionally, get that person in your head. Not at me if you have somebody. Not at me if you have somebody. Raise your hand. I'm having a hard time seeing nods. Everybody needs to get one. Everybody needs to get somebody. You got somebody? All right. Get out your cell phones. Come on. I know you're in church. Get out your cell phones. And I want you to send that individual a text right now. Just send them a text and tell them how much you love them. I sent earlier, I sent my mom a text and I told her how much I loved her and, and all about them. And she's like, aren't you supposed to be in church right now? <laughs> yes, we're in church right now. But go ahead and send them a text. If you do not have your cell phone, it's okay. You've got all week to do one of the things that we're going to talk about doing. But I want you to go ahead and do it right now. Send that text right now. Just, I love you. And, and maybe one reason. Just send them something and just send them a text. And, and, turn, your, and, and turn your ringer off. <laughs> do you have a number for who? Oh, a number. Oh, do you have a number for heaven? If your call is going to heaven, then you just bow right now and speak it out. I'm going to pause. You just offer it up. Tell them. Yes, so make sure your phone is off when they all start dinging back and and they're responding. My mom responded back and she sent the text. And so I read the text. And then she sent one of those little I love you emojis, you know, and just, right? And so having done it, having watched the video, and they say that happiness is a byproduct of sharing gratitude. Not just feeling it, not just thinking about it, but demonstrating it, expressing it. And so what I want you to do this week is to go and express gratitude. And it's best if done on the phone or face-to-face. And so get eyeball-to-eyeball if at all possible. When you're seeing the people that you know and love, hopefully the most, you know, over the holiday, then tell them and write down or express to them exactly why you love them. Now, after having done it, for all all of you who did it, and for all of you who sent out that text and as they all start responding back, If I were to ask you now in box number two, how do you feel on a scale of one to 10? What's your happiness level? What number would you put in? And this was a simple test and we didn't even really get to express it as much as what, you know, we could. But let me ask you this. How many of your numbers went up? Just raise your hand if your number went up. Oh, a whole bunch of you. So this is where gratitude comes from. Look at what the scriptures say about this. Second Corinthians chapter nine, verse 11. Yes, you will be enriched in every way. The scriptures are just very plain about when you give, when you express thanksgiving and gratitude, you will be enriched in every way so that you can always be generous. And when we take your gifts to those who need them, they will thank God. So two things will result from this ministry of giving. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. 
And so I know some of that, especially in that scripture, was financial. They were helping people in need. But anytime you express gratitude, or if you're stuck and you're like, man, I don't know why, but I just don't feel joy right now. I don't feel happiness right now. I feel like I'm stuck. I feel like that, you know, I just don't, I don't know what to do. Then here's, here's the solution. You go and express gratitude. You go and show love unconditionally. Give yourself away. And God is promising you, your life will be enriched in every way. In Luke chapter 7, I love this story. There's this woman who just poured out thanksgiving and gratitude at the feet of Jesus. And in this story, we don't know this woman's name. We don't know her age. We don't know her history. We don't know hardly anything about her except one thing. And that is what she chose to do with her life gave her this expression that she was a very immoral woman. The Bible isn't even more clear about that, but it didn't really have to be because when you live in a small village and everybody knows you as the immoral woman, you pretty much can tell what's going on. Here's the story. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to have dinner with him. So Jesus went to his home and sat down to eat. Now, when it says that he sat down to eat, so he's at Simon's house. Simon is a Pharisee, prominent figure in this village. Everybody knew him and respected him as a man of God. Simon has a bunch of his friends over. And so they're hoping to spend some time with Jesus and figure out why everybody loves this prophet named Jesus. So Jesus accepts the invitation. He goes into his house and he sits down at the table. And it's not like sitting down at our table where we sit in chairs. Their table would have been a lot more like the Oriental style. Their table would have been no more than a foot and a half high. They would have sat on a pillow, leaned on one side, and their feet would extend out. And so their their body is stretched out, Jesus' feet exposed. When a certain immoral woman from that city heard he was eating there, she brought a beautiful alabaster jar filled with expensive perfume. I don't know what she planned on doing. I don't even know that she planned on going to the event. She just heard he was there and couldn't stay away. She needed him. I don't know what she planned on doing with the alabaster jar. It was a sign of respect to take oil or a perfume and to anoint somebody's head as just a show of respect. Whatever it was in her mind, it all flew out the window as soon as she saw him. Then she knelt behind him at his feet Weeping. So she just comes up and she comes behind him, his feet exposed. She kneels down, and that room is as quiet as this one. She wasn't invited. Everybody knows who she is. 
Some of them in the room just knew about her. Some of them in the room probably really knew her and didn't want anybody to know. What I do know is they're all uncomfortable. Everybody except Jesus. He welcomed her. He wasn't uncomfortable at all. His gaze met hers and his love overwhelmed her and she could not stop crying. She couldn't even talk. No words are spoken. And she cries a lot. Her tears fell on his feet. And she wiped them off with her hair. She just flooded his feet with her tears. And Jesus gladly received this baptism of worship. And she could have wiped them off with a towel. She could have wiped them off with her sleeve. But her face was so low. Her worship so personal. That she wiped her tears with her hair. And she wasn't finished. Then she kept kissing his feet. And putting perfume on them. She just pressed her lips to his feet again and again and again and again and again in what can only be described as pure and holy worship. That, if, if you're looking for the, the biblical picture of worship, that's it. And she wasn't finished. She took her perfume that she used to advertise her services and poured it all over Jesus' feet so that now he carried the scent of the immoral, immoral woman with him. When the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, notice he didn't say it out loud. If this man were a prophet, he would know what kind of woman is touching him. She's a sinner. Now, either he knows really personally or he just knows about her. Either way, he's disgusted. Jesus, hearing his thoughts, recognizes. You don't understand the true meaning of worship. See, some, Jesus is like, some of you have come into this room and you think, man, God must be really pleased with you. And what, and, and what he's about to demonstrate is you have forgotten the, your sin that God forgave you of. You think hers is much worse. And, and if Jesus is a prophet, he should turn his back on this woman. He must not be a prophet if he's a prophet. If he, I, don't even know, I don't even know that he is a prophet. How can a man of God like that 
be that comfortable letting a woman like that touch him. So Jesus answered his thoughts. Simon, he said, I have something to say to you. Go ahead, teacher. Simon replied, I love that, right? In his heart is something bitter, but out of his mouth comes something sweet. Don't you know God gets tired of us living like that? Then Jesus told them this story. A man loaned money to two people, 500 pieces of silver to one, 50 pieces to another. Neither of them could repay him, so he kindly forgave them both, canceling their debts. Who do you suppose loved him more after that? That's very generous in that story. Simon answered, I suppose the one who he canceled the larger debt. That's right, Jesus said. Now he's about, he's about to open Simon's eyes. See, we're like, we look down at other people because of their sin. Man, I'm glad that all I do is gossip. I'm glad that I don't do that. See, I'm welcomed in this church because I'm pretty good at hiding my sin and I don't have a bunch of deep sins, but I don't know if we should ever let those people in. Oh, come on. Who are we? And Jesus is like, let me remind you, you're not, you're not the small debt person. <laughs> We're all big debted people. We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. While we were enemies, Christ died for us. That's right, Jesus said. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, look at this woman. Some of your Bibles say, you know, that, that it says, do you see her? That's fantastic. Stop looking at sin and look at the person. When, you, when I entered your home, you did not offer me water to wash the dust from my feet, but she has washed them with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You didn't greet me with a kiss, but from the time I first came in, she has not stopped kissing my feet. You neglected the courtesy of olive oil to anoint my head, but she has anointed my feet with rare perfume. I tell you, her sins, and they are many, have been forgiven. So she has shown me much love but the person who is forgiven little shows only little love well that explains a lot doesn't it then Jesus said to the woman your sins are forgiven wow who do you think walked away from this event most full of joy the men at the table said among themselves <laughs> here again not out loud who is this man that he goes around forgiving sins? And Jesus said to the woman, I love this line. Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. And what woman does not need more peace in her life? Which of us don't need more peace in our life? Just a simple show of gratitude. The people who walked away from that encounter feeling less joy are the ones who refused to demonstrate a spirit of gratitude. The ones who walked away feeling free are the ones who expressed the most amount of gratitude. See, it's so backwards. Jesus is constantly running after the people who feel like 
they do not deserve him in their life. And his biggest struggle is helping us to stop being so judgmental, which keeps so many people away. So here you go, story of gratitude. On the back of your outline, it says, here are some lessons in gratitude, and this lesson is yours. Number one, joy is a choice. Amen? Joy is a choice. And the choice is to show gratitude. And joy is just something that is an overflow, it's just an expression of that. It, just, it naturally comes from it. But joy is a choice. Psalm 16, verse 7 and 11. I will bless the Lord who guides me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. You will show me the way of life. I, I want to do what you say, God. I, I want to choose you first, granting me the joy of your presence and the pleasures of living with you forever. Men, choose God. Choose God. Choose God. Choose joy. Choose Jesus. And then follow him. Go give a cup of cold, a cup of cold water to someone in need. Go do something for someone and stop debating whether you think they deserve it. Just go do it. And he says, I'll bless you. Joy flows from that. Joy is a choice, right? And, and I choose to show gratitude. And then joy and happiness is the natural expression, which is number two. When gratitude is expressed, joy happens. And that's... And, and so that's, that's the goal that, that we should all have is that, man, during this holiday season, it's not about what I can get. It's not about straightening somebody out. It's, it's, it's all about just demonstrating to someone else what God has demonstrated to me. 2 Corinthians 9, 12, we began our message with this. So two things will result from this ministry of giving. The needs of the believers in Jerusalem will be met and they will joyfully express their thanks to God. This third one is where we really struggle. And so I want to pause on this third one just for a minute. Gratitude comes from unconditional love. Gratitude comes from unconditional love. I, I, I just personally believe that uh, most of the time the way we love is conditional. That we have to constantly be reminded of how to live with unconditional love. Which, which means I'm not keeping record. That I'm, I'm not being grateful to you or showing gratitude to you if I feel you deserve it or you've earned it. Stop parenting that way. Stop living in relationship that way. And so Jesus expressed it this way. In, in Matthew chapter 5, look at this. You have heard that the law says, love your enemy, love your neighbor and hate your enemy, but I say to you, love your enemies. Pause. You have heard that it was said, keep a tally. You have heard that it was said that what you need to do is if this one has done great, then love them. If this one has not treated you well, then hate them. And, and that's how we live. But I'm saying to you, reverse it. Jesus says, pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good. In other words, God treats everybody the same. And he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. If you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? 
Even corrupt tax collectors do that. They, the worst among us does that. And so, this is the way, and sometimes this is the way I think it is. Like we will, we'll, we'll leave and we'll see somebody who's homeless or on the side of the street or, or something and, and we want to help them. And God bless you for helping them and reaching out just with no other thought other than I just want to bless somebody. Or we'll go and we'll help somebody in need. They may have made horrible decisions. They may have asked for it. They may want, they may still choose it. They may take your gift, your offering, your blessing and use it for something that you would not want them to do. But we can be so grateful, so we can show such gratitude to someone and yet come to church and see somebody say something or do something that hurts your feelings or just walked past you and didn't smile or, or, or for whatever reason they had something else going on in their head and didn't speak and we can be so mean and so nasty to each other. And we want to cut them off. And we want to just like, man, they don't deserve it. We're not going to invite them. We're not going to do that. Or we'll go and we'll talk about them behind their back. What is it? What's wrong with us? Why do we do that? And, and listen, I'm, I'm, why, why, do, why do we do that? Why can we show such gratitude to someone else who's a stranger, but we have the hardest time loving those close to us and loving them unconditionally. So if you're new in this church, there are four things that we find very valuable that as a church, and by the way, I know I'm speaking to a fantastic church, so even if I'm preaching, I'm not trying to heap guilt on you, you're great at this. And if you're new, here are four values that we find very important here at this church. We said in all things, we're going to love unconditionally without compromising truth. And we're going to engage people with grace and a non-judgmental spirit. Those four things. And so we practice that all the time. We hold each other accountable to it all the time. Why would you do that with so-and-so? Well, <laughs> because we don't love them more when they get their batting average up. We don't wait and say, well, if you do this and this and this and this, then we'll, lo we'll really love you. We love unconditionally without compromising the truth. We, we want to hold to the truth and hold everybody to the high standard, the high calling of holiness in Christ Jesus. So we engage with grace and a non-judgmental spirit. That is the one place where we really, where we, we want to go away and pray about something. Man, God, open my eyes to learn how to love unconditionally to love my spouse that way, my neighbors that way, my boss that way, my children that way, to love me that way. And then finally, expressing gratitude leads to salvation. Jesus said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. One year, I was really caught, I was really struck by my question that I asked myself as I was going to go through the Gospels was, what what did Jesus really teach that it required to be saved? And over and over and over and over, story after story, parable after parable, Jesus kept saying, if you go and do something nice for somebody, I'll reward you. Matthew 25 is huge in it. Lord, when did we see you naked or in prison? 
When did we see you hungry or thirsty and not do something? He said, when you did it to the least of these, you did it to me. Come into the joy of heaven that has been prepared for you. Over and over and over, story after story. So my thought today is simple. My message today is simple. (coughs) Go share some gratitude. Go share some love with somebody who needs it. And if you have somebody in your mind that you haven't spoken to in a long time, that you've turned your back on for whatever reason, and I understand there's a lot of hurt, there's a lot of pain. I even understand there's some people that, you know what, it's not best that I communicate with them. For safety reasons, for relationship reasons, I get it. But there are others that we know, I just struggle with them, and I need to be more grateful. Go show gratitude. This week, go show gratitude. Today, when we leave service, go show gratitude. Go express your love. Find people who you just really want to just make their day. You want to tell them how grateful you are for them. Make up with somebody. 